Snowboard Banter. I'm Anthony Tedesco, and I've been snowboarding for a little over a year, and I'd like to be your guide and partner as we jump into the world of snowboarding together here on the show. Each week, we'll be covering topics throughout the realm of snowboarding with a bit of input from my own experiences in a progressive fashion. First, we'll start with the basics. Why choose snowboarding? How to pick your own board? Things to consider, among other things. In later episodes, we'll be jumping into more on-the-mountain tips to help with your own riding skills and everything in between. With each episode, I want to help you grow your skills and knowledge alongside my own because I am fairly new to this as well. I can't wait to start this journey with you all. Let's get carving. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Board Banter. This is episode one. I'm Anthony Tedesco, and I'm super excited to have you here listening with me. So uh, let's kick it off with a little bit about myself. I've uh, been, you know, in love with snow sports since I was about the age of, you know, maybe nine or ten. Uh, my parents started me off skiing because that's, you know, all that they knew when they were younger growing up in the you know, 80s. They took a bunch of ski trips when they were in their early 20s. Um, so naturally, they wanted to show me the ropes in terms of that. And instantly I was hooked. Um, you know, the whole environment being on the mountain, taking in the scenery, you know, also learning something completely out of my comfort zone, you know, at the time for a kid my age. Um, just fantastic. I love skiing. Um, you know, I went a couple times, I think maybe four or five trips over my youth. Um, but, uh, you know, I've always had like skiing has always had a place in my heart or the snow in general, honestly, put it that way. Um, but as we grew up or as I grew up, rather the ski trips, uh, started to slow down and I was always yearning to go back to the mountains, get back on the snow. However, um, it never always panned out that way, especially going into high school, early college, everything just kind of picked up. But um, this last year, actually, one of my coworkers, um, he's been snowboarding for many years. And he, uh, you know, I got pretty close to him over the time that he'd been working with me uh, leading up to my very first snowboard trip with him. Um, but it started out me trying out skis to get back for back on the mountain, get a feeling for it again, um, you know, and... I tried it out, you know, skiing came back like it was no, uh, like it had never, you know, like I haven't forgotten, you know, basically it's like riding a bike. Um, you know, once you do it, you never forget it. But he had, you know, talked up snowboarding to me, like the whole car ride up to Big Bear. Um, beautiful drive, by the way, honestly, not too bad. Big Bear is perfect for day trips. I'll go into that much later in the show for, you know, planning your trips. But anyway, um, you know, he had talked up snowboarding and I had been really interested in it because, um, you know, I've also been skateboarding, longboarding, that sort of thing in my free time here and there. So the idea of doing another board sport had always been in the back of my mind. And, you know, I took a couple falls on the skis um, after, you know, getting back into it. And I decided, you know what, screw it. Me and Brian, let's, uh, Brian, show me how to, show me how to get on that board. So, you know, I rented up a snowboard, strapped on the boots, got on the chairlift, took a couple falls again, as you do, because snowboarding is difficult uh, once you start out. But as soon as I had gotten down the mountain my first time, I knew that it was like there was no going back. And, um, you know, from then on, all of last year, I must have taken at least 20 something snowboard trips on my own. With my coworker Brian, like I said, the guy who got me into it, my other good friend um, Julian, you know, just a fantastic first season, um, and you know it was a blast. And I 
purchase my own gear, like thousands of dollars, which, you know, that's something to consider. Again, I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, very expensive, but honestly worth every penny. And, you know, I don't think I'll ever go back to a pair of skis. You know, it's snowboarding has become my, my seasonal addiction. We'll put it that way. And looking forward to this upcoming 2023 season, I cannot wait to get back out there. And, you know, not only that I have this podcast now, I'm going to bring you listeners along with me, show you the ropes as I continue to progress with this coming season. And honestly, I can't wait for it. So let's kick off the show with the uh, proverbial elephant in the room, the cost. There's going to be upfront costs and there's going to be repeated costs depending on how you choose to approach the sport once you've decided that you want to get in there. And let's take a quick moment to talk about, you know, deciding that you want to do it. Um, for me, like I said, with my trip up to Big Bear with my coworker, it was almost like an instant, like, I have to do this. And some other people might be a little iffy about whether or not you want to jump on board. And I completely get it. It's like I said, it's expensive, it's time consuming, and not everybody's going to have the, uh, the same drive as, as the next person, you know? So it's, it's up to you to make the decision whether or not you want to go all in. But I highly recommend it because, you know, regarding the cost, once you spend the money, it's going to be a worthwhile investment. Um, so like I said, upfront cost might depend on how you choose to do it. I would recommend personally going up for a day trip and, you know, doing a board rental, boot rental, um, and just getting a day pass. Not too expensive up front. Obviously, make sure that you have the appropriate, you know, cold weather gear um, so that you're not freezing your little fingers and toes off up there because that is, that's something you want to avoid. Just, you know, don't want to be cold and wet and miserable on the mountain because that'll ruin any, any good day, no matter what the conditions are. Um, so, obviously, I would consider the... Uh, the snow clothing kind of uh don't really worry about that too much you're gonna if you're going up to the snow you're gonna need those clothes so you might as well just write that cost off up front but anyway um so the method that i just recommended you know going up and doing a board rental and a day pass will run you about say maybe 150 200 bucks not too bad yes it's expensive snow uh no snow sports are expensive that's just the nature of it you know um but anyway, go ahead and try it out. Either get a class or have someone teach you. And um, I'm going to assume that, you know, you're listening to this podcast. You're more than likely to jump into it. So once you've decided that you're that you want to do this, um, I would try as hard as you can, put as much effort as you can into deciding and choosing a universal uh, pass. So what that means is there are there's a couple companies that offer sort of large scale passes that will cover multiple ski resorts across the U.S. and a couple across the world actually. Um, so the one that I personally purchased at the end of last season was the Icon Pass. Gets it gives me access to I want to say 30 to 50 ski resorts across the U.S. I'm not going to use that, but for the amount of times that I would like to go, 
and that I probably will go and use that pass, um, I'll get my value because you know you pay you pay a flat rate. For me, it was about six hundred bucks. For the bigger, more all-encompassing one, that gets you like I think worldwide coverage of all snow, uh, like most ski resorts and stuff. It's about a thousand bucks, and it has other perks too, like travel benefits and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Things of that I won't use just yet, you know. Um, but anyway, so this pass is going to get you um, unlimited access once you buy it. Um, and here on the West Coast, the Icon Pass is a little more all-encompassing. For the resorts out here, there's another one called the Epic Pass that uh, covers more of the Central U.S. and Eastern um, resorts. So depending on your location, you're going to want to look out for one of those. Uh, but definitely snag one, especially if they're offering sales or, you know, end of season deals. Let's say you missed, let's say you missed the, uh, the preseason purchase like I did last season. So I, uh, which is also something you want to look out for, because if you're deciding that you want to go into snowboarding and you miss like one of these uh, universal pass purchases, you're going to be spending a lot of money on these day passes. Um, so I learned that the hard way. Um, so for about 20 trips with no universal pass, paying about 100 to 150 bucks for every trip, that will rack up the bills a lot. So get your hands on an Icon Pass, an Epic Pass, because in the long run, they are universally more affordable and valuable to your journey on a snowboard. Um, you know, because the one that I purchased again was like 600 bucks, and it's already been paid for it's it's already paid for itself um in the time that i was able to use it at the end of last season um so that is premier in terms of where you should be focusing when starting out um the next step again like i said you're going to want to get some good gear obviously a helmet number one safety first is always the most important thing on the mountain because nothing will ruin your day like a bad fall hit your head and you're could like honestly like while you hit your head on a rock that might be the end of you which sounds morbid but that's just the reality of doing a semi-extreme dangerous out outdoor sport so helmet number one importance in terms of your apparel in terms of your apparel um wardrobe uh, next up are goggles honestly Go out to a big five if you're just getting into the, get a cheap pair of goggles that'll run you a couple, maybe like uh, 50 bucks. Not too bad. Helmet and goggles, jacket, pants, the essentials. Oh, and gloves too. Don't forget that. Um, and then next step, if you are going down the route of purchasing your own board, uh, let's say maybe you took a trip, you really want to you know dive all in like I did, I would recommend checking out some websites um, there's my favorite one is evo.com. It's like a warehouse for all outdoor gear, but they have a lot of stuff for snows, uh, for snow sports. Um, you can find past season deals on boards. You can find boots, you can find bindings for your snowboard. Um, all those things will be relatively affordable depending on what you're looking for. And, um, sorry, excuse me. I would recommend if you can, if you have a board shop, that is located nearby in your hometown, I would highly recommend trying on some snowboard boots because those out of your, you know, your hardware, those are going to be your most critical in terms of 
functionality and longevity of you know how you ride your board how you enjoy it because there's nothing worse than buying a pair of boots that doesn't fit and again that's a mistake that i made i bought a pair of boots that did not fit i bought it because it they looked cool they were comfy enough but they weren't tight enough which is something that you're going to want to consider so I highly recommend asking for recommendation from the board employees there, or sorry, not the board, the, uh, you know, the employees at the shop or checking out a YouTube guide um, just to see how a boot should be fitting your foot. Um, because if you're not comfortable in your boots, you're going to have a bad time on the board. And that's just a good rule of thumb. And I guess we'll kick it off, or I will segue rather into some of the details of how to pick out the boots that you're looking for. Now there's three types of boot lacing systems. There is the traditional shoelace style, um, you know, where you tie up your boot, get it nice and snug. There's a BOA system, which is a series of cables that run throughout your boot and it has like a little turn dial on the boot where you can adjust the tightness um, pretty precisely. But those boots are a little bit more expensive. And then there's also a hybrid option where you'll have laces on the typically the lower half of the boot and you'll have a BOA system at the upper part of the boot. So you can get some, you get a good balance of uh, precision in terms of how you tighten up your boot. Now, depending on your budget and, you know, also the style, you got to have a little bit of steeze up there. You got to have some style, some uh, style points. On the mountain so depending on what you're looking for in terms of style and budget you're going to pick some of these boots now the last thing i would suggest in terms of selecting your wardrobe and hardware is to consider a board if you have that in your budget if not you can always rent because there's nothing uh, again i'm going to say that a lot there's nothing worse than buying a board that's not going to serve your needs. So it, there's nothing wrong with renting um, a board on the mountain a couple of times. But once you get a feel for it and you start looking at, you know, purchasing your own board, um, I would recommend not breaking the bank. There's a lot of good cheap snowboards um, that you can find on, like I said, these online retail or warehouses um, that have a plethora of boards that are entry level. Or, um, you know, intermediate if you want to, you know, kind of challenge yourself a little bit as you progress on the board. Um, so, yeah, don't break the bank. Pick a board that um, also looks cool. Again, you got to have some style points. And um, look for a board that is well-rounded. Um, the manufacturers will have a description of the board, what it's best for, and, um, you know, what kind of rider it will best suit. So really quickly before I wrap up this first episode on the uh, ever so intriguing selection of a board, there are several different uh, board styles in terms of their capabilities and what they're built for. So the most general one is going to be your all-mountain board. It's uh, created by the manufacturer to be a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. So it'll be good everywhere that you put it, but also it won't excel in all aspects of the mountain. So it will handle deep powder okay-ish. We'll get into that in one second. So deep powder is something else. Um, anyway, 
So an all mountain board will be great for getting down the mountain. It'll be great for um, most beginner riders because it won't be too aggressive in terms of how hard you have to push it to get it to carve. Um, and generally they're also the most affordable styles as well. Then you're gonna get your free style and free ride boards. Those are more trick oriented. Your free ride is more uh, suited for tricks off of the park in the mountains or in in the on the slopes and freestyle is more oriented towards doing tricks in the park think of it like a typical skate park with your jumps and your little rails and stuff like that um, those are going to be more specialized and i would recommend not choosing one just yet as a beginner and another uh, style of board is going to be your powder board like i briefly touched on before those ones are made specifically for deep powder snow they're almost like a surfboard essentially with a sharp tip in the front and almost no tail in the back, um, essentially so that you can surf through the powder because uh, most traditional boards, like I said, all the other styles, you know, your all mountain, your freestyle, they're gonna be like a traditional um, popsicle stick shape. Um, they don't work too well in powder. So a powder board is uh, mostly, uh, most of the time people will buy a powder board as the second lineup or second board for their arsenal. Um, but that's a little bit more advanced. Um, so yeah, I would recommend picking an all mountain board. Um, there are ones too that are sort of like hybrid boards. So the board that I have specifically is the, uh, Capita DOA Defender of Awesome. It's an all mountain board, but has a little bit of an emphasis on freestyle riding, which personally I'm not there yet in terms of the tricks that I can do, but it's a fantastic all around board. And it is a little playful too. So um, it was able to push me in my writing skills uh, to kind of develop, you know, it took me a little bit to get comfortable with it because like I said, it's, uh, it's a little, it's a little lively, we'll put it that way. So it's got some nice pop. It's a little more aggressive in terms of how it needs to be pushed, but also it's not too unforgiving. So as a beginner, um, it wasn't really too hard to learn, but once I Kind of had unlocked the potential of the board my progression in my first season was exponential almost so with that i think this wraps up the first episode we kind of covered the a little bit of the safety essentials for your helmet and your clothing so you don't freeze to death on the mountain a little bit on how to pick your boots and also some things to consider when selecting your board as well as the ever so important universal passes Thanks for joining me here this week on Board Banter. I hope you learned a lot and I can't wait to talk to you all again next week. I'm Anthony Tedesco and you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter all at Board Banter Pod. That's B-O-A-R-D-B-A-N-T-E-R-P-O-D. Please don't hesitate to drop a follow or comment and remember to subscribe to me wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you here next week on Board Banter.